Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. That's Nathan. That's Brian. I'm JC. We're your hosts, and uh, we got a great show for you today. Y'all ready to get this thing started? I'm ready to get this cult of personality on the road. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Let's go. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Well, hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 165 of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. And uh, as we are pressing towards 200, can you believe it? We're almost there. Hey, you know what you just did? You've got so much Seminoles gear on. When you said we're pressing on to episode 200, you actually chopped. Like, you, you couldn't help it. <laughs> what we did to the Clemson Tigers, we chopped Woo! them. Yeah, go Knowles. We just made all our South Carolina fans mad. You know, I got to thinking this week. All two of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 165, if you think back at all of the life that has been lived during this 165 episodes, this goes all the way back predating COVID. Like, we spent quarantine together recording podcasts. Like mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. I was thinking about it today. I'm like four years, man. There has been a lot of life lived in 165 episodes. There really has. And, uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about those COVID quarantine days Yeah, because, uh, in three weeks I'm headed back to Nepal. That's where mm. it started. Yep. That's where it all started. Uh, my kids said that I broke the world the first time I went over there and they, they don't even want to know what's going to happen this time. Hopefully I don't bring in the second wave, but, uh, well, we're probably on like the fourth wave now. I don't know, but I was so terrified for you last time you went because things started shutting down while oh, you yeah. call and you get Wi-Fi in our group text. I'm like, Nate, you need to get on a plane and get home. We know how you're always on time. I mean, you're the only guy I know that's going to be always. late Raptor, but I was <laughs> like, Nate, you need to get on a plane. Don't fall asleep or go take pictures of something. Cause we know you like to take selfies of everything. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was so relieved. Literally. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I was so relieved when you text and said, boys, I'm in the air on my way home. And I was like, okay. He's not stuck in Nepal. I was literally like, Nathan's going to be riding a llama through Nepal during quarantine. (laughs) Hey, so first of all, we're all three already late for the rapture. It happened yesterday, Yesterday, uh, Saturday, that's at least what they all said it was going to happen. Did you know? The other thing is, I remember, yeah, it was the big prediction. It was yesterday. So, so there you go. But, um, you know what? I did have a little bit of a moment because we rode by a cow pasture. True story. Right as we rode by the cow pasture, like a cow right next to the fence was like, oh. and I said, well, that can't be Gabriel's horn. He has to play better than that. But, um, but <laughs> we were actually, 
We were actually, I don't know. I just make this stuff up as I go. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was true story. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is what the bad part of it. But um, I can remember JC and I texting back and forth, yeah. really worried about you. And then you had to get back and stay in that hotel room for all of those days. And Carrie just kept the song Celebrate Good Times on repeat for like 14 <laughs> yes, days while she you did. were trapped in that hotel. And you yep. had like a midlife crisis in there. I remember one call. We do an episode. The next one, you have a mustache and no facial hair. Hey, I gave myself the worst haircut of my entire life. I was like, I was trapped in there and I was going crazy because I'm, I'm ADD, ADHD, whatever, all the, all the things just like you are JC. And so, I mean, I'm coming up, you can only watch so much TV and before you become IFB again and just think it's of the devil, because <laughs> I mean, there, there's only so much you can do. So I'm thinking, you know what? I could, I could give myself a fade. I've never been to barber school. I've, I've never cut anybody's hair, but I have this little, you know, beard trimmer. So I could give myself a fade. I had myself convinced I was going to do it. And looking in the mirror like this, it looked great. But when I turned to the side or when I got the mirror around behind, it was the absolute, it was basically a chili bowl. I gave myself a chili oh. bowl <laughs> in quarantine and it looked horrible. And then when I added the mustache, like, I mean, for all those people that think I might be a serial killer that week, it could have, it could have really come true. I had I to look down so, like 15 is when we recorded when you were in quarantine and it, it's, it looks pretty awkward. Yeah. Well, Hey, be glad you can give yourself a chili bowl. God's given me a reverse Mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? You said when we were in Vegas, my hairline made a beeline for my backside. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to have more, day. I used to have more waves and now I've just traded it in for more beach. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, bald is beautiful, right? Somebody said okay, that. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, Nate, I want to back up. Did you not know that yesterday was supposed to be the rapture? I did not. I mean, I saw some kind of Amazon conspiracy theory thing where they're doing, like, you can pay with your palm now, but uh, I didn't know that the rapture was That happening. is true, by the way. Yeah, TikTok and all that were supposed to be that t September 23rd, 2023 was the rapture. But you remember the last time they said that? It was supposed to be, like, May 14th back Oh, 2012, 2013, we were living in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the guy that was making this big, bold prediction, he spent millions of dollars. They were mm. driving down the road with billboards on the side of it and stuff. In fact, I used it as my witnessing tool for the Mormons when they would pull up. If you are a Mormon missionary in Salt Lake City, you're, you're, you're not really the cream of the crop, I don't think. That's kind of like going on a field trip and being told you're in charge of the teachers. That's kind of the missionaries that are in Salt Lake City. <laughs> But these, go, these boys would come up and knock on our door. I'm from Georgia. I'm ready to win these Mormons to Jesus. And they ring our doorbell. And I had literally on my door frame, I wouldn't let them in the house. On my door frame was like pages that I had copied and pasted. And I was ready to go. I had my ammo loaded up. And I was like, let me ask you <laughs> something. Do you believe that the guy that said Jesus was returning was a false prophet? And they were like, yes. I was like, did you know that Joseph Smith said in 15, 19th whatever it was they were like oh i didn't know that i was like let me tell you something else and um i don't know i'm, I'm rambling right now <laughs> hey, but, yeah hey jc if any mormons come to your house now 
You need to let them inside. Oh, I do. And then while they're with your six kids, you and Kim head out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, after moving back to, to Georgia from Utah, I have a newfound, like, just a, a love for these missionaries because bless their hearts. They are in a whole new world here. And, I mean, they're in a world with sweet tea and Southerners. And it's just – so I, I find the missionaries. I'm like, hey, y'all want to come to our house? We're not going to talk religion. You don't try to win me because I'm not buying what you're selling. We'll just eat. No sweet tea, no coffee because, you know, Mormons can't drink caffeine, but they own Pepsi. Bless them, Lord. How's that? They own Pepsi, but they can't drink caffeine. Do you know that? Anyhow, and uh, so we get around and we talk, and we talk BYU and Utah football, and it's been good. But I don't know how we got on Mormons, boys. That's a that's a whole nother level. I don't level. either. Yes, it is. Hey, the um, rapture. The there rapture you go. That was is, it, yeah. They need Jesus, they're going to miss it. Woo. All right, let's clean hey, this up. Hey, hey, let's let's jump streams and go to a whole nother uh, train of thought. So we basically had an Asheville meetup tonight at Hope Church Asheville. We had really two families show up. One family was a family of four. I knew they were coming. We had another family that was I don't know. There's like twelve of them. They just showed up. Oh all wow, RFP fam and yeah <laughs> we had Mormons. shout out so we man we stood around afterwards and talked and told stories we were name dropping all, all these evangelists phil kidd and and joe arthur and exactly. we were telling stories man it was you you guys know it's been a while since we've had a meetup but it's just like family you're getting back together and hearing people's stories and and at, at one point this the conversation got real serious and uh, a couple people just shared how much the podcast meant to them. And it just reminded me all over again, how, how amazing it is that God has blessed us and allowed us to yeah. do this. He's given us the privilege of just talking about our life and our experience and ministry and man, God has blessed it. And I'm just, I'm reminded over and over how, how much of an impact this is making on people's lives. And it just makes me, uh, thankful and it makes me not really care a whole lot about the haters. I know they're out there, but they're still listening. So, uh, you know, just if, if they could meet one or two of these people whose life has, has been changed, it, it yeah. would just blow their mind. Well, I'm excited, Nathan, because coming up the first weekend in November, yep. 3rd and 4th, in Asheville, we're going to do what you did today. We're going to have us a meetup. And uh, this is a change. I know we've been talking about doing the For the Sake of the Gospel Conference in Danville, Virginia. We're going to move it. It's actually going to be in Asheville, North Carolina, November 3rd and 4th. And uh, there's no registration, no cost. It's a show up. It's a meetup. It's an opportunity to hang out with other people who are RFP fam. We're going to have some singing, some preaching, some food, fellowship, some football, some fun, some uh Family, family, and frisbee. We're gonna play frisbee. It's gonna fudge. Be we have good fudge in Asheville. Oh, we'll yes. Way past Pigeon Forge and get. <laughs> I'm done. Um, but we would love for you to come. And we're gonna do some fierce, ferocious finagling. Yes. I don't know what finagling is, but we're gonna do it. And it's gonna yes, be sir. November third and fourth in Asheville, North Carolina. It's the RFP for the sake of the gospel family meetup and we would love for you to come and be part of that with us uh your lodging that's on you just get there and come and join us have a good time it's going to be at hope church Asheville, and so we would love for you to come and be with us if you've never experienced november in Asheville, oh my word i walked outside today 
I mean, it's still September, but I walked outside today and it literally felt like heaven. Have you yeah. ever just walked outside like, like when it first starts getting cool and the sun's shining and you just get chills from your head to your toe because it's just the weather of heaven. That's what it yeah. was like here today. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that it was September. You know, I was thinking maybe in Asheville it was a different month, so I'm glad you <laughs> clarified that for us. It's 85 <laughs> degrees here in North Georgia, oh, but man. I'm wearing a hoodie. I'm sweating to death, but I'm sick of summer. So we're just Hey, gonna... that's a good-looking ho hoodie. Speaking of Florida State Seminoles. Second reference, go Knowles. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, you know what, guys? If you're wearing a hoodie and it's 80 degrees out, you're probably smelling pretty rough. We have free life soap. They are now a sponsor again of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the free life soap tab, and get yourself some good smelling mm -hmm. soap today. Not, and not just soap, beard oil, all sorts of products for your beard. Like, I mean, they've got amazing badger skin no, shaving. Badger hair. Badger oh, hair. Ba skin. <laughs> badger <laughs> hair badger. shaving badger brush. Hair. Come on, man. I've never used mine, but it's really cool. I have one somewhere. So, well, no badgers were harmed in the making of this brush. Yes. We just harvested their hair. Yes. <laughs> they do have some really good beard oil, pipe, uh, tobacco, cherry pipe, tobacco, leather. I don't know what else, but you need to go. You get 20% off of your order when you use your promo code RFP. So go to recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the promo tab and uh, get yourself some soap today. Hey, also, we've got a few spots left for our Israel trip that's coming up January yep. 24th through February the 3rd. Uh, this is a pastor's only trip, and we would love for you to go with us. You can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Israel tab, sign up, and go with us. I cannot wait to go back to Israel. Um, I'm starting to get that jittery feeling again, like I know I'm going in just a few months, and it's like... We're going to see some different sites this time. Nathan, I think me and you are going to have a little bit more freedom to walk around on our own a little bit. And yep. you know, the guys at Red Zook's tattoo and to just ex eat some shawarma. Is that how some you say shawarma. it? Chicken yes. shawarma. Chicken shawarma. Hey, you know, I'm missing it. Yep. We had so much while we were there. I didn't miss it for a long time, but I'm missing it again. I, I would love to have some. And, and JC, I think you said the 24th. It's January 26th through February 3rd. You only uh, I had to... one Sunday. Yes. Yep. There yep. you go. Past and us, you need to come with us. Yeah. And the hummus is incredible. Yeah. I would almost go back for the hummus. It was the so good. Fish are looking at you. <laughs> and the garden tune. Oh, the garden <laughs> tune, man. Listen. Yes. To be in the garden tomb, to do communion, sitting in that room after walking out of the tomb, that right there is worth the entire trip. That literally mm -hmm. was a moment I will never forget in my life. What yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I'm a Garden of Gethsemane guy, man. The Garden of Gethsemane oh. won me over. It was a powerful moment. Yes, sir. Mm. And I've talked to a lot of people since we've come back that have been there. And, and we always ask each other, you know, have you been to this site? And so th there are a lot of sites right around Jerusalem that, uh, like Caiaphas house. Uh, they know where that was at and we didn't get a chance to visit there. So there's so many places that, that we, we're going to have a chance to visit in the future that we haven't seen yet. So, uh, just looking forward to that trip this year and, and guys, we can't stress enough how much it changes, how you read the Bible, how you study the Bible. I was preaching through Joel 
today. And so many things in that just were brought to life by what I saw when I was in the Holy Land. Amen to that. It really is your Bible coming to life. I can't yep. wait. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Israel tab, sign up. Registration closes soon, and we would love for you to go with us. Well, guys, I'm excited about our topic today. This whole season is going to be about the church. And uh, I've shared the story many times on here about how God's changed my life and impact my life through the church and through many different local churches. And much to the surprise of a lot of people that listen, uh, we thank God for our upbringing. Like yeah. there were things that we learned in those camp meetings. There were things we learned in those churches that we were in. No, they weren't perfect. No, the pastors weren't perfect. But guess what? Neither are we. But we're thankful for our upbringing. We learned a lot from it. And, you know, you can learn to spit out the bones and, and eat the good meat. And I'm thankful that there was a lot of good things in that. But I just can't stress enough how much God changed my life when I met Brian Edwards. And we started having conversations about the church and especially about church planning because God started putting church planning in my heart before I met Brian Edwards. And when I met him and shared, you know, what I was what I was thinking about and what God was doing in my heart with missions and church planning, which are basically the same thing. Uh, he he just started sharing his experience and I, I quickly realized why God put us together. So Brian, I would love for you to start out our time tonight by talking about what it means to be the church and what, what the church even is in scripture. Growing up, yeah, we may have had uh, a, a skewed view of, of what it was, but talk to us about how God led you through this process of, of truly discovering his word and, and truly what church was supposed to be about. So growing up for me, I'm confident of the fact that church was an event, especially our view of that was shaped by camp meetings and jubilees. It felt very much like an event. Uh, we attended, uh, there was singing, there was friendship with, with other people. And for me, I didn't really understand that there was very much beyond that. Now, I can remember growing up and hearing pastors say, you know, you are in the house of God, or be reverent in the house of God, or, you know, make sure you come back next week to the house of God. Mm -hmm. And there was so much of that language that was building focused, that was property focused, that was physical assets focused. And so I, I continued that when I became a pastor. I really obligated people to be at the house of God. You were supposed to conduct yourself in a specific way because you were in the house of God. You were supposed to dress a specific way because you were in the house of God. Uh, literally, uh, language would change, and I'm not talking about cursing, or I'm just saying basic language change would happen in the house of God. And And for me, I guess when people wouldn't, when they wouldn't gather in the building, it was, for me, it was that they had no love for the house of God. If they weren't in that specific place at that specific time. And I can even remember very condemning language about people with regard to that. Mm. So 
I was reading through the scripture. You know, it was the gospels that that rocked the foundation of everything that I had uh, felt like I had believed or um, maybe understood uh, as my beliefs. So I was reading through the gospels, and God really started using the gospels to transform my life in in a profound way. And so after reaching the end of the gospels and realizing how much I had gotten wrong, not only things that I taught incorrectly, but things that I really never taught that I should have. It wasn't just about what I had taught that was wrong. It was the wrong in some of the things that I hadn't taught. And so I decided at the end of the gospels to continue reading on through the church epistles. And I wanted to read the Bible as if I had never been taught the Bible, mm. basically just wiping the hard drive clean and trying to reprogram just from the scripture. And so I crawled my way through the Bible. Like for me, it wasn't about um, a reading program that would allow me to read through the Bible in a year. I didn't want to read through the Bible. I wanted the Bible to read into me. Mm. And so I just started reading slowly, really trying to digest and absorb what I was reading. And I started to come to this understanding, especially in Acts chapter 2. So the Holy Spirit descends this sound of a great wind. There's boldness and unity. Uh, the gospel is preached you know, by the apostles. Thousands are being baptized. It was, a, it was a time of incredible giving, of incredible discipleship. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They, they were generous in a way that I'm not really sure the earth has seen before that time or since that time. Mm. But if you notice, they were gathering from house to house. They didn't even have a building. They were meeting in houses, in, in city squares and streets. They were, they were saturating that community. And they didn't own a building, and it certainly didn't have a steeple. Hmm. And yet they were the church. And Scripture clearly tells us in Acts chapter 7, I mean, this is just so clear. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. Well, that's that's pretty clear. We we don't leave him in a building and then come back to see him at the next appointed time. Mm. Then Acts chapter 17, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. And so I just... Guys, I know this sounds so simple, but for me in that, at that particular time, that was revolutionary. Yeah. And that's when I realized the gospel was never about bricks and mortar and concrete and property and shingles and sound system. The gospel was about God's, God's willingness to even offer his son as a sinless sacrifice for the sake of saving people so that they would become a gospel community. It's always been people. And why in the world would 
I want to believe that there's a God waiting in a small building somewhere on a rural road in the country, rather than believing there's a God who lives inside of me. And when I gather with other people and they have the Holy Spirit living in them, I have the Holy Spirit living in me, I'm gathering with them. We are collectively the church, not because we're in a building, but because we're the people of God. That's really good. And the three of us are Hope Church planners. And Brian, you've planted a whole lot of Hope Churches, and JC and I are are just getting in on this. And part of our DNA as Hope Church is that we are not called to go to church, but rather to be the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're thankful that we have a property. Yes, we're thankful that we have a building, but we yes. don't go to church. We are the church. I'm I'm not the church. Mm-hmm. None of us individually right. is the church. We're members of the church. We're part of the church. We're part of the body. But when we gather together, we are the church because the church, ecclesia, the word in, that's used in the New Testament that Jesus announced this this mystery that Paul talks about this this is a gathering together of believers it's a body it's it's a community that's it we're meant to live in community life life is not meant to be lived alone it is best in the context of community and that's what God has called us to do that's why we gather we're gathering to be part of the church, the big C church. I believe that God's plan to reach the world is the local church. Mm -hmm, Uh, There is no plan B. This is God's plan A. He gave his life for the church and the church is our gathering. Unfortunately, too many times the church becomes about our building, about our programs, about our outreach. Um, We are called to love our neighbor, but we do that when we are the community. What is the verse that says, not forsaking the gathering as some are in the habit of doing, like we are meeting regularly because life is meant to be lived, not in pews, but in circles, like together surrounding each other. We're called to be the church. That's who we are. And we need to be part of the local church. I know some of you listening to this, um, Maybe even some folks that um, since COVID, I, I still have this conversation. They're not connected to a local church. Um, I believe that that is biblically taught how we are supposed to be part of the local church, the local body, worshiping together, communion, baptism, uh, worshiping through prayer, through singing, through listening to the word being brought, mm-hmm. growing in your spiritual life if you're not doing life with others. And as we are uh, going and loving and representing the heart of God, we're called to not just gather, but to scatter. Because the church gathers, we Hmm. encourage each other. We come around each other. Man, I'm so thankful for my small group of people. It's almost like right now, it's like my, my little inner circle, if you will. But I know those folks. We do life together. That is community. That is the beauty of and what I love here in Catoosa County, um, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary, October wow. 30th, one year since we launched Hope Church Catoosa. And that's the, amazing. The fact that I'm blown away that people show up every Sunday, we really have a community that is formed and it's gone past that. We're just trying this out to really loving each other, to really worshiping together. There's something about worshiping in community. Guys, I, I don't know if I've even told you this, but like, my whole life for 20 plus years that I've been doing ministry, 
I've loved traveling. I still like to travel and preaching hmm. and do things other places, but there's no place I would rather be than in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia on Sunday morning with my family. I love this church. I love these people. I yeah. love the community that God's building here and doing. And as we are gathering, we're also scattering. My mind goes to Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, that talks about our good works. It's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We've seen this spot. So if you go to Israel with us, you'll get to see the Beatitudes, mm -hmm. the Beatitudes and how Jesus is looking across the way. We know when we got there at night, Tiberius is off in the distance. We don't know if it's Tiberius he's talking about or another city that was up on a hill. But at night, it literally lit up. You could see it across. Yes, sir. And that's what he's called us to do. And it's not just one little light. It takes a lot of lights to see and to shine and to glow. And we're called to let our light shine before all. that They can see who we are and glorify our mm. Father in heaven. They see our good works and they glorify our Father in heaven. And we, we gather as the community and we're encouraging each other. We're spurring each other along to do good works, to glorify God. And when we do that, the church leaves the building and we really love our neighbor. We go out, we, we start loving our neighbor. We look different because I believe that Christians are not called just to blend in. We're called to stand out. We're called to shine bright in the darkness. As we gather in community, we shine bright the light of Jesus. My kids and I, we were in Orlando on vacation a couple of years ago, and uh, we, we stopped by this farm. There was a bunch of horses out. My daughters love horses, and we're out looking at the horses, and then this one horse comes running up that looked different than all of them, but it still was with all the other horses. It was a daggum zebra, and I was like, look at that zebra, man. It stands out. It's in community, but it stood out. I mean, there was something different about us. It had some stripes on it, and that's what we're called to do. When we gather, we're encouraging each other. We're spurring each other along, but when we go, when we leave, and we take ministry with us, we shine our light, we stand out in the world about us. And I believe we're just called to love, we're called to go, we're called to be Christ wherever we're at. And that happens in the church as we encourage each other. And we take what God has done in the community outside the walls. And uh, we yeah. go and spread the name, the fame, the renown of Jesus, wherever we go. Have I ever told y'all about when I was in Utah playing softball with that Hispanic uh, MS-13? Yep, I love that story. <laughs> have I told that here on the podcast? You have. I don't, I I don't know it, if though. you have. You shared it at the conference. Oh, man. We got to Utah. This is this is just a real quick. So I heard a message. It's good enough to tell again. I heard a yeah. message. We were in Salt Lake City. Mike Gray, he was talking about, and I love Mike Gray, Kenyon's church. Uh, Mike is retired, but man, this guy, he would always preach on. He said, Hey, we gather together and we slosh the love of Jesus on each other. And then we leave and we go slosh it on other people. I love <laughs> that expression. I mean, it was, it's gross if you think about it, but I mean, I love it because it's like, we're just going to go slosh on the world around us. And I loved his illustration there, but we're, we're living in West Jordan, Utah. And, uh, I wanted to play softball and we pulled up at the park, Caden, was two years old Colton I think was just born so Moose was two Butters is like maybe five months old and we pull up and there is a group of some of the roughest looking guys you've ever seen in your life it was probably about 15 of them little Hispanic guys tattooed up gold teeth I mean big chains and I rolled down my window and my wife's like do not do what you're about to do John Calvin and I went hey guys y'all playing softball and they looked at me like I had three heads he went yeah. I said, 
you need a you need a another player and he went <laughs> this is what he said can you hit dingers <laughs> and i said do what he said can you hit home runs i said yeah he goes are you a mormon <laughs> second reference to mormons and i i said no i'm not he goes okay what do you do i said i'm a teacher i didn't tell him what i did i didn't want him to kill me right there so i said all right I i'm a teacher so we get out there and i'm praying as i'm walking up i'm in flip-flops shorts and a like fishing shirt and i get out there and he pitched the ball and i hit the first three balls gone just launched thank god we were playing on a little league field i mean i hit three <laughs> dingers and they went oh big boy can hit dingers you're on our team and i was like all right we started playing this team was amazing. Like we started winning everything. Um, I didn't realize, but I literally was joining a Hispanic gang. I'm not going to say the name of the gang on here. Cause yeah, but I was invited to their, uh, what's it called when they like turned 16 and they, they, uh, are like Chris and Kinsanara. What, what is that called? Well, you just did an Indian accent for them already anyway. So <laughs> what does it matter? Hispanic accent. Oh my goodness. We're going to get canceled. But I was invited to their, uh, to their cookouts on Saturday. Y'all, you have never been to a cookout until you go to a Kearns, Utah gang cookout, man. I had protection. I was in, never told them what I did. I was worried about it. The last game of the first season, we're playing at church. We're high-fiving. We had just destroyed this team. And the guy goes, good game, preacher. And the dude behind me went, what did that bleepity bleep just call you? I said, he <laughs> called me a preacher. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, listen, I told you I was a teacher. I didn't tell you what I taught. That wasn't the opportunity to stand up and preach to him. Uh, hey, you sinners, I need to tell you about Jesus Christ. I wanted my life to preach. I wanted what I, what happened in community to spread outside of the walls. And, uh, I was letting my life just preach to them. They invited me back to play the second season. Um, the third game of the second season, uh, we had one of our players was actually murdered in a gang activity. They invited me to come to the funeral and, uh, mm -hmm. they knew that I was a pastor. And so things began to change. They were treating me a little bit different. And then Sean, uh, who played on the team with us, there was a uh, I, I guess you would call it a revenge, whatever, but he, he actually took some guys out and, uh, we share the same birthday and every year on May 25th, I get a call from the Utah state penitentiary and it's my buddy, Sean. He's like, man, there was something different about you. And tell me about this. Jesus, Sean gave his life to Jesus over the phone from the Utah state penitentiary, but it mm. wasn't something mm. that was just me going out there and, and doing it. I think what we do is we've got to take what God does in our hearts in community. We got to take yeah. it to the we can't just gather and not scatter. And I think mm. that's what happens too many times. We gather as a community. We enjoy the benefits of the community. But remember, God's plan A for reaching the community is the local community, is the church. We've got to gather, yeah. worship, praise God, encourage each other. But then we scatter and we go and we shine our light in the darkest of places. And um, when I think of the church, that's just the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Church, yeah. Brian, church is not like a family. Church is a family. Yes, it is. And that's Hope Church language. Yeah. We are a family. And when I think about the church, I'm, I'm teaching through the Old Testament at the moment. So where my mind automatically went to was just the storyline of the Bible. Let's just go back to the very beginning. Scripture starts with God. He's living in community, perfect community, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And God said, let us 
make man. And God created man in his own image for fellowship. It was a family. And we see in Genesis that Adam and Eve are walking in the garden with God, face to face, talking, undoubtedly hugging, high-fiving, whatever. They're living in community. There's, there's this relationship of love. It's family. God has introduced himself to us as our father. So God created man to live with him in that way. Yet we know in Genesis chapter 3, this perfect world that, we, that we're introduced to, the fall happens, and sin attacks relationship. We were built for four basic relationships. The first one is with God, and uh, sin destroyed that relationship. The second one is our relationship within ourselves. We're complex image bearers of God, and we we lost the peace that we had within ourselves, that relationship, and then our relationship with others was affected and our relationship with the world around us. So really sin is aimed at relationship, prim primarily with God, and it brought division, it brought separation. And God promised in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that he was going to send someone that would set everything right. It's mm -hmm. the first First example of the gospel, Genesis 3.15, that his deliverer would come and crush the head of the serpent, and in doing so, his heel would be bruised. And it's this foreshadowing of the gospel of Jesus coming, God's only son coming to restore mankind. It's the story of redemption. It's the story of restoration, and Jesus reconciles us with his Father. But as you look at the Old Testament, God gives us that glimpse in Genesis chapter 3, but then in Genesis 12, we see that he calls a man named Abraham, and he promises Abraham that through his family, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. And so the rest of the Old Testament is, is about God's relationship with this family who become his people, his children, and he's living in relationship. Now, as we know the story of the Old Testament, it was a rough relationship. They did not live up to the covenant. They didn't live up to what God expected of them, and God punished them, and there was constant correction, and they went into exile. But God was constantly being a father to his people and trying to call them back to himself, and ultimately through God's fulfillment of the covenant, not man's fulfillment— but God ultimately sends Jesus through the descendants of Abraham, through the descendants of David and Solomon. And Jesus is born, and he said that he came to seek and save the lost, which the Bible tells us is, is everybody. So the life, the, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the culmination of all of the Old Testament promises. And yes, what did Jesus do? He came to call a people to himself and to build his church. And the first mention of the ecclesia, the church, is in the words of Jesus when, when he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell yeah. will not prevail against it. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and he promised, he prophesied that he was going to build his church. And Paul writes about the mystery of the church, because we don't see a lot of that. There's some mention and foreshadowing, but we don't see a lot of that 
in the Old Testament, but Paul writes about this mystery, and he writes about it in uh, the book of Romans. He talks about it in Ephesians and Colossians and Timothy, and he keeps coming back to this mystery that is the church, and the church is the people of God. Yeah. And ultimately, through Jesus, God is calling a people to himself to be what we were intended to be originally in the garden, what he originally attempted to have with Israel, and what he brought through his son Jesus. And through the, the New Testament, we see the church growing. Acts, the church is mentioned on, on every page. It's just over and over and over again that God is building yes, his church Churches are being planted, and the good news of the gospel from 12 disciples, really 11 disciples, this gospel is spread through the known world. Yeah. And here we are 2,000 years later almost sitting around talking about our redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are a part of the church. So the church is a family. The church is the family of God, and it's really the story of all of Scripture and the thing that I really want us to think about that just just blows my mind when when I think about it is the fact that where we are in redemptive history, like we can look back and we love studying and learning about Israel, but we didn't live in that time. I would have loved right. to live in the time of the judges. I would have loved to see King David. I would have loved to have been in all those different places. But where I get to be in redemptive history, I think every one of them would have loved to be right where we're at where the prophecy of Joel that I preached through today, the prophecy of Joel was that God's spirit would come and all who called on the name of the Lord would be saved and his spirit would fill them. We live in the day where the Holy Spirit of God lives in us and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and we've been bought with a price. Guys, we belong to the church of Jesus Christ. And yes, the church is made up of people flawed people, imperfect people, but we are a part of God's plan, just like Israel was a part of God's plan. And God is using the church to spread the gospel to all nations, to all languages, to all tribes, to all tongues. And one day the church is going to be gathered together with all of the the global church, the global bride of Christ around the yes, throne sir. with the elders, with the saints. We're going to be singing worthy as lamb that was slain. Good. to receive honor and glory and power and wisdom and strength. And guys, we just don't realize how blessed we are to be a part of the church. Amen to that. Man, that was good. That was like that was like a great sermon. <laughs> like we, I feel like we need to take an offering. Take up an offering. Come on. <laughs> you know, the body of Christ, the church, it isn't somewhere we go. Mm but it is who we are. And it isn't something that we attend, but it's a people that we belong to. And I was just thinking as you were talking that, you know, I think we need to clarify this. And I think it's been mentioned a couple of times, but you know, now there's this language that I hear often by people. Well, I can be the church all by myself. Mm -mm. No, you actually can't. Because the church is the physical gathering. yeah. As JC was saying, we leave the gathering of the church and then we live the Christian life. And part of what propels the Christian life is that community that we experience as being a part of the church. 
And so, yes, as individuals, we are a part of the church, but we are not the entirety of the church mm. on our own. And no more than, than you can amputate a part of your body and lay it to the side and expect it to thrive. No more than, than that would that would even ever happen. It would be impossible. Mm. In that same way, you cannot sever yourself from the gathering. You cannot sever yourself from living in community with other believers because we are the body of Christ. And Paul went to great detail. We don't have time to do this tonight to prove that the body is joined together. Mm. It, it fits together. It functions together. There's mm. unity in the body. Even right now, as weak it is, as it is, my mind is thinking thoughts. My mind is relaying those thoughts, transforming those thoughts into words. It's moving my lips, my tongue, my vocal cords, my, my throat. There's, there's guttural sounds that help me form words. There's all kinds of things happening in my physical body. Moving right your now. hands because we can't talk without our hands. It, correct, it, it's connected. Correct. I'm an Edwards. <laughs> if you cut off my hand, I'd, I'd be mute. But, you know, <laughs> all hand. of this is happening as a result of my mind. It's literally my body functioning together in unity. And in that same way, the body of Christ functions in togetherness, not in aloneness. And I just I just wanted to just point that out because, you know, the New Testament boldly declares that. And being the body of Christ isn't confined to one hour on one day, but it's ongoing every day, everywhere living to advance the cause of Jesus Christ in the world. Amen. And we can't do that as an individual. We do that together. And so I just, I just wanted to just mention that because I, for those people who would say, well, now I've left fundamentalism and I don't want to have anything to do with any more churches because I've been hurt in church and I don't want any more part of that. Well, people need to learn the difference in being among the church and being in the church. That's and I think often we blame people who are among the church as if they are in the church. Yeah. And I just want to say this, you can read the 59, I think it is one another's in the New Testament. The church loves, cares for, is patient with, corrects, encourages, builds up, I mean, the church does all of these things 16 times. I think it is love one another appears. This is the attitude and the action and the activity of the church. Hmm. And so if you've been hurt by an individual, I just want to remind you, there may be a possibility they are not even in the church, but among the church. And then there's also that key component of remembering that one individual doesn't represent the church in its entirety. I think it's also part, Ryan, Nathan, of your sanctification as we are growing yeah. through and, and learning the importance of getting with a healthy Bible-believing, Bible-teaching body mm -hmm. under sound teaching, not preference teaching, not, not, you know, teaching that will tickle the ears. But that's why it's so important 
to make sure that you're not just, and I've gone to some church services here lately, and it's just almost like they're going through the motion. And I'm like, how can you grow spiritually while attending this, while being part of this? And we get messages all the time. Nathan, I know you responded to a guy uh, just this week who was like, I'm wanting to get out of the IFP, my church. I feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions, but it's what I've always known. And I just want to encourage you, like, you know, we're never going to tell you to leave your church, but we will tell you that if you're not growing spiritually, you need to find some place that you can grow spiritually because you may be gathering with some people, but are you growing? Is it what Brian just talked about? I mean, are you mm-hmm. literally getting anything out of it? Is the, is the, is the word teaching you and you're taking it and applying it to life or is it just going through the motion you're, you're missing God for the church service, if that makes sense. Yeah. And Brian, you're, I've never heard anyone put it that way, but you're exactly right about being among the church or being in the church. Uh, This week, uh, an IFB evangelist and his wife were arrested Mm. for molesting multiple children. Mm. And they were preaching in churches all across the United States. I mean, they are not in the church. Mm-mm. Let me just say that. They are not Christians. Uh, the pastors who are sleeping around with women in the church, running around, embezzling money, they're not Christians. You know, Christians can fall. Christians can sin. But people yeah. that, that have a pattern of life, especially falling into deep, dark sin like that, there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit in their life. So, Brian, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that's that, really that, good. that Man, the the church, you can call yourself the church. I can call myself a Ferrari and walk into a garage. I'm I'm not. Maybe maybe a little bit more like a old Ford Pinto, if you remember what those what those look like. But I'm an AMC Pacer. There you go. That's <laughs> My a, first that's car a good one. Brown Ford Escort. That's what it was. Woo! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah, we. I just my heart for people. Our heart for people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, JC, you were talking about, you know, not trying to tell people to leave their church. Man, if someone calls me from a hope church and says my pastor's not preaching the gospel, I'm gonna tell him to leave. Well, actually, I'm I'm involved in the eldership of Hope Church. So yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be in the process of replacing that pastor. But uh <laughs> that's I, I don't care who you are, what denomination, if they are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're not growing, they're not being the church. Yeah. So this is something we're all passionate about. Guys, there's there's even a lot more that we really wanted to talk about tonight, but I think we're probably going to have to. We've got all season. <laughs> yes, we well, do. I do need to give one shout out. So I know you guys have noticed this. And for anybody who listens to any of my my sermons, first of all, I'll pray for them. But, but second of all, for years and years, my language has been absolutely transformed as I speak with regards to being among the church and in the church. And Nathan, that actually came from Jack Fawn. Several years ago, uh, Jack came to me and I just finished preaching a sermon. And the whole, uh, I guess the whole point of my sermon was all of this sin that is in the church. There's There are those of you who are living in adultery in the church. And there are those of you who are living in addiction in the church. And there are those mm. of you who are living... And so I just went down this whole list of things, you know, you're doing this and you're living this and you're behaving in this way and you're in the church. And Jack came to me 
after that service and as only he can, he said, have you ever considered that maybe we should be more careful about who we declare being in the church? And mm -hmm. shouldn't there be a category for people who are just among the church? Wow. Because in the New Testament, we see both of those, those who are in and those who are among. Wow. And to quote, I can't think of that little short guy who loves to insult us, but they went out from us <laughs> because they were not of us. Barry. <laughs> yes. So, so Barry, I'll help you correctly preach that verse. They were among, they were not in. Yeah. yeah. And there is a difference. Yeah. And guys, as we close, I just think we need to say this. There is no way to know God. And there is no way to be born again apart from the church. You're right. Jesus Christ died to save his people. Jesus Christ yes, died to make us a part of his people, to make us a part of the church. So there is no salvation. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through faith in Jesus Christ. His person, who he is, his work, his sacrificial death on the cross, his sinless life, his resurrection, through the person and work of Jesus Christ, yep. you become a part of the church through faith in him. I quoted Romans 10, 9 in my service tonight. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's the person. That's who he is. That's his identity. And that, that Jesus, that God raised him from the dead. That's his crucifixion, his resurrection. That's his work. His person and his work is the gospel. It's all about Jesus. And through faith in Jesus Christ, you can be born again. You can be a part of the family of God, a part of the church. And we hear every season about people who, who come to know Jesus Christ and got saved through an episode of the podcast, uh, through our stories or through one of the guests that shared something. And I just want to call, I, I know there's a group of people listening to this that are considering deconstruction, maybe going mm -hmm. through deconstruction. Maybe you like part of what we say and you don't like part of what we say. Let me just tell you this. We are all about Jesus. We're all about the gospel. We're all about the church. We're all about God's word. And we're here to encourage people who've been hurt to, to, share our stories to love you but we're here to call you to jesus christ Amen. because he is the only hope for your okay. life he's the only hope for this world man nate that is incredible and uh, such a, a powerful word there and that's what this season is all about the church and uh, we're going to be talking uh, just like this over this season three we've got some incredible guests that are going to be coming on uh one that i'm super excited about i'll go ahead and put it out there greg steer who is the president and founder of Dare to Share Ministries, uh, hmm. RFP fam. And uh, he's going to be coming on here with us in the next few weeks. And you want to talk about somebody that is fired up, that loves the church, that loves proclaiming the good news of the gospel. Greg Steer is uh, one of those guys. And so I'm excited yeah. to partner with them. And uh, he's going to be on. We've got some other interviews that are coming uh, along with some great content from us talking about something that we're all passionate about and we love the church. And so guys, I'm, I'm fired up about this season of the recovering fundamentalist podcast. Hey, we want to be sure to remind you 
to go over to YouTube and uh, to like, to share, to turn on notifications, leave us a review. You can also go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon, like, share, leave us a five-star review or a one-star, whatever you want to do. Leave a review. Don't leave a review. Talk about Nathan's hair, my ball, whatever you want to do. Just go over there and uh, leave us a review, and uh, that helps us out. Yeah, and JC, let's give a plug for the behind the mic, unedited, yeah. raw. If you want to hear the whole everything. RFP episode, <laughs> everything, yep. literally unedited. Uh, JC started off this week with a story that will not be included in the podcast, but <laughs> but uh-huh. you can be a part of this, and it's from the it, bathroom. If you believe in the ministry of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, if you if you believe in ministry of the church, the gospel, what we're doing as pastors, uh, invest in this ministry because we're wanting to turn this around and do more this year than we've ever done through meetups and different things like that. So $10 a month, that is not very much. Uh, most of you Tonight's, spend way more than that on one cup of coffee. Tonight's extras have been worth the 10 bucks. The, the two weeks we've done this, it's just hilarious. I'm I'm rolling at some of the stuff that is happening. And hey, I, I'm, I'm excited about it myself. We always get to see behind the scenes. But when you bring more people into this, uh, it's oh, basically yeah. a live studio audience that is listening to us every We are behind week. the scenes. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. But man, hey, yeah, join us on that. Right. Go over to recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the behind the scenes tab and uh, get uh, connected today with us. Yeah, that's it. Episode 165 in the books. It's exciting. I love seeing y'all. Love seeing you too. I can't wait to see you in a couple days. Bye. Be sweet. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.